Hello, and welcome back to the Dad and Sons Podcast. I am your fearless leader, Matthew. That just came out. <laughs> that just came out. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying at this point. We have drunk Liam. I am. I am so sorry. I'm. I'm quite drunk uh, right now. And again, we should have a drunk podcast. Um, and then, uh, who's the other person again? Who's the? Who's that? Is that George? George? Yeah, George. I'm re- I'm reading off the doc here. George. We have George Weeman here. Hi. In, in, I, in the office today. How you I'm, doing? I'm I'm trying not to be forgotten. <laughs> I'm the one who missed last podcast. Yeah, we're we're actually all here for once. Well, kind of. Liam's like phasing in and out. Yes. <laughs> That's all. That just just yes. All right. I I have some um some southern comfort in in the in the freezer. Maybe I should go get it. God damn. <laughs> We're, we're supposed to entertain and and inform and have like a cute, wholesome parasocial relationship with our listeners here. We're we're recording, guys. I can I I can barely hold my own head in my hands. God damn it! Um. Okay. So, what have you guys been doing? What did I miss last week? You upload so late, so I I, I didn't have time to listen to it. Wow, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna listen to it this week. Make sure you guys weren't talking smack. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I was in Greece. You um, mean Rome? Oh, oh my. Why do you keep sa- they're they're like a thousand miles away <laughs> from each? I don't know if that's true. Actually, let's see. Greece to Rome. Uh, uh, it's like a, a one hundred sixty two hundred dollar flight. A, a twenty hour drive that you go across the ocean for. I don't know. They're a twenty hour drive. Oh, that's not a thousand miles. That you go across the ocean for. Wow. Yeah, Europe is small. They're like four hundred miles apart from each other. What? Wow. That's not wow. bad. That's like a drive to San Francisco. Shorter than that, actually. Uh, yeah, but to follow the coast, it would probably be really long. But if you drew a line straight between the two of them across the ocean, it's only 400. Which, yeah, is like not even a whole state in the U.S. Yeah, no. Man, the the borders in Europe are just like like right next to each other. And and, and you got different money and different languages to, to go anywhere. And there's, there's graffiti and trash and grime everywhere. And meanwhile, Liam is just like having the time of his life safely stumbling home on 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 these these wonderful <laughs> trains with, I mean, with nice convenience stores. But then I have my literal head in my hands while listening to both of you. Well, only one of us was talking, but <laughs> okay. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> both of you were talking. Matt started. George ended. Uh, George. You know, I was looking through the Discord. I don't see any fucking pictures, George. You, I wanted pictures and video, George. And yeah, where are that's they? true. <laughs> that's true. Oh, I, I, I put some on oh, yeah. Twitter. It, it's a shame because I know I was like, uh, w- last week I was talking a whole bunch of smack about Athens, <laughs> which, which is is a grimy, sweaty, uh, urban maze of 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 shady athens so many streets of athens of of the neighborhoods i was exploring they were they were fighting game backdrops right 
Like, like you, you expected to see health bars and, and, and the sexy people in Kung Fu outfits beating each other up everywhere. But, uh, if you go outside, it's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I, I like almost cried at what I was seeing a couple times out in the countryside compared Compared to the city, there's there's rolling hills of of olive trees with with little ancient ruined castles on the tips of them, and you you can't go anywhere without running into something ancient. I was walking down a subway station where they had a construction site expanding the station, but you could see like like some ruins that were roped off in the dirt that they had like accidentally run into. Apparently, it's a real problem. You can't. You can't build around there easily unless unless you stumble across a, an, an ancient temple and and have to go on an adventure. <laughs> well, it was. Is 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 Liam um, just asleep? No, I'm I, I'm here. That's good. I guess. George goes goes on his his spiel and. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. All right, <laughs> all right, I'll I'll be Liam this. <laughs> you be me, which is pretty easy. God damn it! I mean, I'll try. I'll, I will try. I will try. I I guess I, I I have one interesting like like observation and comment for for the two of you, and that is that I feel like. Like, like if you grow up in Europe and and also in Japan, like places that have ancient temples and ruins within driving distance that are kind of set up as like a cute park, they they give you a sense of continuity with history that I don't think a lot of Americans get. Yeah, uh, you get you get used to it. Which is funny. I was walking down the street with with Constantine, and I was uh, pointing at some cool ass ruins I saw at the end of the street. Some giant columns that just kind of crumbled away into into a wall that that ended on the ground. And I just pointed in front and said, "Whoa, what's that?" And he looked to the left and right where there were some tourism stores, and he was just like, "Oh, I don't know, just some generic stores." And I was <laughs> like, he didn't even see it. It compl- it was invisible to him almost. It happened. I mean, we we got we got cool statues. Too. We got we got a lot of uh, racist men um, statues. Oh yeah, know? yeah. If you go to like, Stone Mountain, especially. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just good history. It's good history over here in the U.S. <sighs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's an equivalent over there in Rome. Oh my gosh, I I bet Rome is a lot more expensive than Greece was. <laughs> I, I, I also got a little bit of a shivers when I was hanging out with, with, with Constantamos in, in the museum, and he was able to read, well, not really read, but at least decipher the names and the sounds in some old 2,000-year-old uh, gravestones. Who? Uh, Constantamos was uh, the one Greek fan who, uh, who met up with me and, and hung out for a couple days. Is, is that his real name or Twitter name? <laughs> yep. No, that's that's his real name, Constantamos. It's uh, apparently he's named after after Constantine. First name, last name. First name. Wow. T- somehow they were able to just roll it out in, in like two syllables. It's like Constamos. Damn, man. That's like I don't know, like Thanos's brother, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> Constantamos. I am constant. The most like destructive comedy duo. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Good thing you didn't grow up in the U.S. 
Kids are mean over here. I, I, I remember being a kid. I, I, I gotta I gotta like like temper myself though for, for those those childhood memories. Kids are mean. Kids are the devil. So so do we have pop culture to talk about this weekend? Uh, uh games, movies, Netflix? Um man, I've done so much in the last two weeks, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I mean I played a game. I could I could say that. I've I've watched a lot of stuff, but I, I played it oh, oh I watched it chapter two. Anyone watch that? I, I liked the, the, the first one. Yeah, the Wait, first oh, shit. No, god damn I meant I mean the first one is in yeah, the first the T V series from the nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I already knew. You didn't have to explain that at all. <laughs> Alright. But I I liked the first one um because um I just like the way the clown look. That that's and and the guy who plays him he can like he made that character and how he can do that smile, because um, that's like a real smile that he can do. You can just look it up in any like interview where he does it. I think he did it on Conan. Um, and I wanted more of that in part two, and there was less of the clown in part two, and a lot of wackiness and the most weirdest first scene i have ever seen in a movie like really just disturbing stuff anyone who has seen it knows what i'm talking about but i don't i feel like i feel like if i mention it it's just it's just too bad to mention um but yeah yeah chapter two i don't know it's it's a mixed bag for me uh but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it short because you know i don't want um george to uh, uh play the music and you know run me off the stage <laughs> i played a game <laughs> what game was it? <laughs> Liam's not talking. George is George is just like saying, "Yeah, oh, uh, mm-hmm. hey, w- w- what's going on? I have I have nothing here to work with." You, you hear you hear my my keyboard and my mouse. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> it's it's like it's like I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. It's like I'm I'm bombing on the comedian side. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm literally no use right now. I'm so sorry. Oh no! Oh no! We have to. We have to do some Liam participation soon. No, we have to get don't, him up. Don't, don't, yeah. please! I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fall asleep right now. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm useful. I'm useless. <laughs> I, I am on the bridge of full, of puking. I'm so sorry. Wait a second. 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 Well, oh my God. Well, um, I played Vamp YR. <laughs> oh, yeah, Vamp YR. <laughs> that classic game. From Focus Home Interactive, my favorite. Vamp YR is, like, it's one sex scene away from becoming a dating simulator. Good, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you, um, you get to know a bunch of people for no reason. Like, you're in everyone's business for no reason. Like, why is this dude going around asking about people's past? And unless they, he wants to get into their pants, you know? And, and vampires are famous for that. They're, ever since, since Anne Rice in the 90s, everyone just wants to bang vampires for some reason. You do it because it uh, raises their blood quality. So it's almost like if it was a dating simulator it's like oh you get to suck their blood or you get to suck something else you know what's the difference what is the difference i mean they they get devoured right um 
it's it's weird it's it's a weird game where it's cool at first but when you really see the mechanics like for what they are it just kind of gets like wait i just want to kill everyone but i'm scared to kill everyone because i'll get penalized like really hard for doing it you know because you if you don't kill anybody you get less xp and things get significantly harder um significantly you'll hit like a wall Oh, can can you actually play it pacifist? Yes. Like, like, ooh. Yes, you can. You just have to do ooh. all the side quests, and the side quests, like half of them are pretty garbage. Oh. Yeah. Like, they're not bad, bad. You just kind of unfold the story, but it's just not... Well, we're like living in the, the, the age of bad side quests is, is what the rut we're stuck in right now. Yeah. Like, you go, you find some letter, you come back. You know, it, it's not, it's like mostly fetch quests, all right? Some of them are decent. Some of them are just like, meh. Um, and you could find some midway, you know, just by exploring. It's it's all right. It's all right. Um, it had a cool concept, but it just feels, it, it kind of feels like murdered soul suspect for some reason. I don't know why it does. Like you're mm, just in jank. this big empty town where people are in the same place every single night. Like, it's just the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing, because you're never in the day because you're a vampire. I don't know. It, it, I, it, I I was kind of looking forward to that one up until some review scores, because it was uh, hearkening back to the good old days of Vampire, the Masquerade Bloodlines, like a uh, quirky, humorous, first-person RPG that um, has has a lot of fun characters and personality and... And then I guess it's it's unfortunate that it didn't capture that magic. Yeah, and I I my strategy is like I'm gonna kill everyone later because you have to let wait for. Well, you are a vampire. Yeah, vampire. Um, yeah, I I was like, all right, I'm gonna you know keep my all my cattle in one place, you know, make sure that I level them all up, do all their side quests. Cattle? Yeah, and then just just go to town. Go to town that's, one that's, day. And- that's what we are to you? Yes, yes. Um, more XP. More XP. We talked about the ghost thing. I would totally do that as a ghost, you know? Just, you know, become your friend, level up so I can be the strongest ghost. So I can just go anywhere I want, you know? Going to the government agencies. Or grad school. Um, but yeah, dialogue overlaps, you know, because they think you're not going to click every option. Just a little stuff like that. It It's it's just okay. It's not bad. It's just I kind of got tired of it. I was just like, I just want to kill everyone. But if I kill everyone, like they really penalize you. Like you make a decision for a lot of the, the pillars of a, a district. Because once the pillar is gone, which is like the, I guess you would consider um, the mayor of that district, everything will fall, start falling apart, right? And disease will spread, whatever. And you'll miss out on a lot of XP. You, you, you get penalized for it. They force you into... Uh, story-related message, uh, missions where you have to pick a certain option for that district. And you don't know what happens when you pick that option. So it's you could totally mess up what you're trying to do. And it saves right after. That's it. You're done. And it's not going to make you want to play the game anymore if you really mess up that whole district. And sometimes the, the people that you wanted to eat disappear. Oh, no. Your cattle wandered off. Yeah, it's just weird, man. 
it's weird. Anyways, that's that's Vamp YR. It's all right. It's all right. I I'm trying to finish it. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull myself to finish it, but it was like on sale. But it's like uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Dragon Quest is out. I don't know if I'm gonna play a long game, but that might be a better use of my time. But yeah, I wonder. I wonder if vampires are a thing right now because we are getting Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines too. What a title! What a long ass name for a game coming out soon. Which I hope is better. And uh, I, I, I have been watching the new FX series based on a movie from from just a year or two ago called What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh, have uh, have you heard of this? What we do. In the shadows, no. It's, you, you'd like it. It's a, a mockumentary that also kind of makes fun of documentary filmmaking techniques. Ooh. Uh, the premise is that a, a documentary crew is filming a bunch of vampires who live in a shitty house, and they're all roommates together who don't get along in modern New Jersey. And it just kind of pokes fun of, of the whole concept of this monster. Like, one of them will turn into a bat to, to spook a neighbor, and and give them a good scare, but it turns out they get animal control called on them and have to have to figure out how to convince the animal control to give them their bat back. Wow! Um, wow! Yeah, I'm watching it now. That's interesting. There, there's there's some good documentary gags in there too about them like hypnotizing the the film crew and and screwing around with their audio and and uh, a lot of uh, oh oh it's. I, I got my wanted stars in GTA again. I'm I'm back in in the United States, as you can hear. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of like meta commentary gags where the sound will cut out because a vampire is trying to hypnotize someone, but the person's too distracted by video games to fall for it. Wow! And they 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 also make their uh, their reflection disappear in the mirror and stuff. So it's it's a show, but okay, I get it. Like it's 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 cool. I'm looking at it. You you you'd think they'd run out of gags pretty soon, cause cause they made a, a movie of it, and 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 now they're making a like eight part season one series out of it. I I think it's eight episodes, but it it stays fresh surprisingly throughout throughout them all. Um, but besides that, on the plane, I also watched a a movie I actually want to recommend. Okay, so so last week someone actually pointed out how I really like mediocre garbage. Yes. Um. I, I watched a mediocre movie about J.R.R. Tolkien that was uh, a, a very generic, by-the-numbers, sepia-toned, overacted, overdramatic biopic. And, and it has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, but I, I, I was having fun. So this biopic follows the, the formative years of J.R.R. Tolkien as he uh, uh, meets up with, with his friends who would later go on to write seminal works of, of fantasy classics him and and, and c.s lewis are like playing rugby in some muddy english school at the turn of the industrial revolution and it's uh really? got some really beautiful speeches about the power of language and the importance of preserving all all these ancient what? dead european barbarian languages that ended up uh, becoming a lot of influence for, for his works. And it has cool little Easter eggs that, that look like shots from the Lord of the Rings movies that are him just playing in the woods as a kid. And uh, <laughs> I know why it has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, though. And it's because there's some very, very... 
th there's a lot of cheese to it, up to and including one scene where J.R.R. Tolkien is fighting in World War One at the Battle of the Somme, and he's like covered in mud and blood and hiding in a pile of corpses, and he peeks over the trenches and <laughs> and sees a vision of a fire-breathing dragon <laughs> approaching wow. the battlefield, <laughs> and it's like. It's not a moment where you should chuckle, but it's hard not to chuckle at shit like that. Wow. But, uh, uh, yeah, and, and then it, it fades in, the music becomes sad, and, and the, the sound effects become crisper and louder, and, and it's guys with flamethrowers. And, and then he wakes up in the hospital, and it, it really affected me, though, especially for the projects that I'm tackling. Like, having having just gotten back from from ancient Greece to try to, to make videos about the origins of medieval fantasy tropes and what kind of, of nostalgia they're calling back to, and how bardic storytelling is not that different from having a dungeon master in an RPG game, uh... uh telling you some some rhythmic mathematical poetics about your hero's adventures it, it it's it's mediocre but i almost feel like it's kind of important viewing for for people who are into nerdy fantasy stuff it uh really commits to to one angle i'm eager to dig into and that is exploring ancient mythology and turning it into modern fantasy to try and explore the changing times of the modern world and uh harken back to some some forgotten basics of what 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 we think is cool about going on an adventure and telling a story about it wow jesus george i sound I was deep. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting deep. I'm, uh, I'm doing a video where I'm just going to straight up compare a lot of the, the landmarks and tourism sites with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And that's going to be really interesting, too, because um, the game takes place in like like 400 something B.C. And if you go to the sites nowadays that they have in the game, what you see in the game is actually underground now. The elevation is different. Like, you can look down and see a shaft in the ground that might have a bit of a stage. <laughs> it's just on the grass with trees growing out of it in the game. Okay. It's weird. Did, did you having... take... So that means you took video. Oh, I took a lot of video. I took, like, Matt Visual level of videos. Oh. I came back with, like, 30 gigabytes. Oh, okay. That's all right. 30 gigabytes. I had one terabyte. Oh, oh that's but... just mediocre to you? Well, I had one terabyte. Well, mine was 4K footage, so I, I, I can't really. <laughs> oh, my God. Your terabyte of 4K footage from Japan is. <laughs> yeah, that is mathematically superior to my 30 gigabytes of 1080p <laughs> no, footage from I'm, Greece. I'm proud of you, George, and I, and I, I want to see all of it. I'm surprised uh -oh. it's not on the Google Drive right now, so I can see all the, all the juicy greaseness. Oh, the greasiness. I, I, I want. I want all the greasiness. Yes. You just want to bathe in the grease and and fry in it. Yes. Yes. Uh, you you remember how uh, many looks you got when you were walking around Japan with your gimbal, right? Yeah. I was walking around Greece with a monopod. <laughs> oh yeah, I had a monopod half the time too. Like the, 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 there was a woman that I think is in. 
the Japan videos that says, oh, a gimbal. <laughs> <laughs> you had to tell me what a gimbal was. I didn't recognize it right a off gimbal. the bat. <laughs> so so they, were, they were looking at you the whole time while you're like shoving a camera in their face. Did they shy away from the camera? Like they do in Japan, a little bit. I feel I feel like I was getting some some kind of uh, uh, glares, some 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 squinting directed my way. Uh, I don't know if 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 you get the sensation or not, but whenever I was setting my bag down and unzipping a bunch of bags Ooh. to pull out long cylindrical black sticks, yeah, I, I, w- I was a little worried that they might think I was pulling out a gun or something. It's like, oh no. This American no, no, is bringing just, his nonsense over here. It's 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 camera equipment. Yeah, and you're you're in these priceless historical artifacts. Where ooh ooh, one story I didn't get to tell about last week was was Patmos. I went to Patmos. This is an island where where one sixty sixth of the Bible was written. Uh, you can go to the cave of the Revelation what? where Saint John the theologian was was talking to a scribe who who wrote down his visions of of the apocalypse. Wow. And you can climb up a hill through a beautiful uh, stone staircase up a mountain to the monastery of St. John, where you can see St. Peter's skull behind a piece of glass in a museum exhibit. Wow. That's dope. The the Eastern Orthodox churches are cool as hell, I think. You know, I'm saying this as someone who doesn't know a lot about it, but they're designed to look very humble and unassuming on the outside. Like, it'll be an old, old, drippy-looking 800-year-old building that uh, has no decorations on the outside, just just four white walls in a in a... Uh, an orange, like a semicircle con cone, like roof. But then you go inside, and and the roof is covered in fancy paintings that are that are decaying away. Where you uh, you see like hundreds of emaciated skeletal figures getting gobbled up in some portal to hell, while Jesus looks on from above. And they have these these incredibly ornate gold chandeliers and. And other altars made out of precious metal with uh, little laminated papers saying, no cameras, please. <sighs> I wonder how many rules I was breaking in there. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if, if uh, Christianity ain't your thing, you can go to the other side of Patmos where they have the, the pagan ruins of an old pre-Christian acropolis that has no tourists whatsoever. The path is a little hidden. It goes through some fields of goats. You gotta open and close gates on the way to not let the goats out. And uh, when you get to the top, there's a little slight rusted iron fence that are separating parts of the site where they still want to dig and do some archaeology versus the sites where the tourists are walking around. And I am... It's it's like Japan. I was amazed at what they let the tourists get away with, and you can you can walk on top of this this twenty five hundred year old stone structure and just sit on wow. top of it and have a picnic or read a book, and you're completely alone, and there's no one there to stop you. I I never saw any cops on that whole island. Damn. No crime, no cops. The tourists would leave their luggage at the boat port and just set it around all day and pick it up at the end of the day when the boat came. Oh, this is this is not the U.S., dude. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Greece is truly a land of many contrasts. I, 
Uh, it's you, you missed it last week, but some of the the, the inner city uh, denseness in, in Athens is, is actually a little bit worse than some of the, the poverty I've seen in the U.S. But then you get outside Athens and it's it's, it's a magical fairy tale land where nothing can go wrong or something. I don't want to don't want to drum it up too much, but. The, the defining experience I had on that island of Patmos was when I was exploring the Acropolis completely by myself. And there are these little uh, concave-shaped uh, clay pieces in the ground that, that look like they are pottery shards. And they are just in the dirt. They are part of the rocks that, that are on the ground. And I, I don't know, I'm not an archaeologist, I can't, I can't verify whether or not every little clay piece I found on the ground is actually an ancient pottery shard, but it was blowing my mind that, that you can't walk anywhere out there without stumbling into something. Damn. You, you make me want to go. Maybe I should just, like... It's just cheap. Buy a plane ticket now. Yeah, yeah, the, that plane ticket was uh, about 450 Wow. The price of an Oculus Quest. Ooh, the, the Oculus is, uh... Has hand tracking now. That wasn't in the news, was it? <laughs> was nah. it? Do you mean finger tracking? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's hand tracking. What are you talking about? It's not finger tracking. It's hand tracking. Because, well, hand tracking's always been a VR thing. You, you no, can't play without, super hot without hand tracking. No, 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 no. Without anything on your hands. Without the controllers. Oh, 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 what? How does it, how does it know if you're pressing a button or not? It, it doesn't. It's just, it's just, you're just grabbing things with your hands. It's like having elite motion connected to your front of your thing. It has like a little camera. If it senses a fist, then it, it means you're grabbing. And if your palms are open and it senses an open palm, it means you're not? Yeah. You're just grabbing so if, things in midair. If you jerk off in the game, do you jerk off in real life? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, someone's going to program it. Someone's going to. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the the VR capable Tanga eggs. I I think I think we just also completely lost Liam. Yeah, Liam Liam's gone. Liam Liam's left the building. It, it's just you and I now, Matt. <sighs> well, well, um, I mean, I I've watched a bunch of stuff. I can't remember some of them. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I watched JoJo. Oh yeah, you were talking about that. I wanted to know if you're watching the the same JoJo yeah. from 2012 that that I was watching. It, it takes a while to get good. That's the thing. I think I like part one and two more than I like the the JoJo that everyone like uh, the one that they make games for. They make games for JoJo part three and. And four, I think. When it gets crazy, right? I guess. Is it? Does it get crazy when they start having those projections of themselves? Those uh, those spirits. Forgot what you call them. The stands. There the st- we go. Yeah. The stands. Apparently, JoJo gets good when you get to stands. And I watched like like three, four or five episodes, and there weren't any stands. And it was it was boring. It was boring. Right. Right. So it's not just me. Thank you, dude. Like. <laughs> See, like season one and two was just outrageous and like kind of funny. Even even like um, um, part two was like the JoJo was constantly like ahead of the game and it was fun. Like the fights were extremely quick. It was a lot of progression. I, I really liked it. You know, 
and then season three comes out, part three, and like JoJo's like a dick, and you have these stands really? that it, it, it's just not as appealing to watch. Because the, the thing about JoJo in the episodes I saw was that he was such a generic anime hero rather than a dick that it wasn't no, the first super one was fascinating. The second one, he was like always ahead and charismatic. Wait, is it the same JoJo? Because I think they, uh, they're actually no, different. No, they change. Different characters, right? Like like one of them is George. Yeah, each part is, they is change. Joe Descendant. And... Yeah, they're a descendant each time. So the personality constantly changes. And the third one, I mean, I'm only, what, like four episodes in the third part, but it's it's boring. It's not a, It's not as good. It's just not. And I can understand why people have said on the forums, like, oh, Part two and one are, are kind of better. So, yeah, I can kind of see that. But I haven't finished part three and four. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. So so this, this, this like, genre-defining anime series that everyone absolutely loves and devotes their entire lives over and thinks about when they fall asleep and can't stop talking about is, like, something that you got to cut a slog through the first few episodes for. And then be aware that season three is not that great either. I, the rest of season one and two must be really freaking good for this thing to get the kind of fan base it has. It ha- it has to, it has to. Like maybe maybe I, I'm just not there yet. Maybe I'm. At- people are fanatical about JoJo. Yes. It's 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 a religion, and I, I mean I have it there. I'm gonna keep going, you know. But I'm not gonna keep going like I was before. Before I was like extra time. I had it up. You know, watching it because it was it was fun. It was fun to see, it, especially season two. But season three is just like dragging on for me. Each episode is just like kind of all right, man, man. Yeah. Now we're gonna get shat all over for not not liking anime that much. When well, well, no. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm not gonna just crap all over it and not give it a, an actual chance. Once if I finish the season, and then it's still kind of like just not as entertaining then yeah then people can shit on me <laughs> then people can shit i you know i'm into that right wait wait hold on hold you, on you uh, uh, yeah hold on i forgot where we have an audience and we i'm not talking to like you know i'm not on tinder right now <laughs> <laughs> that's your tinder intro yeah yeah uh shit on me <laughs> it works i wonder what's worse getting that or an unsolicited dick pic Dick pic is probably worse. I don't. I wouldn't. Hmm. Well, like, like, is it is the image in your head worse than the image in real life? Is the question. Hmm. Which would you rather not see? If if it had to be one or the other, I'm not asking to choose, just to like narrow down. Dick pic. Dick pic is definitely the worst. I don't want to actually tie a real image to a person. You'd rather picture something more. Yeah gross yeah in your head than with your eyeballs yeah i won't picture i just won't picture it like huh yeah 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 i would just think of soft serve yeah (laughs) wow okay yeah see like i think i'm the opposite because i have an especially like aversion to like the the thing you're talking about that i don't even want to like name you know um anyways i played i should I even change the topic or, or? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I don't envy you girls. I hear and see their profiles all the time, and they show me these dick pics, and I'm just like, okay, this is not, it's not cool. 
Guys are dicks. Guys are dicks, and they send dicks. I played a video game again. You 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 did? Okay. Is it more than two years old? Yes. Well, can't talk about it. So why not? What else have you done? What? I, Is it more I, than five years old? It, it, yes. Oh my god! More than ten? Um. Wow! Oh, you gotta think about almost, it. Almost. Almost. It's it's in a couple years. It might be. Oh my god. So, uh, last week I I started up Deadly Premonitions. You heard of Deadly Premonition, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. 2010. 2010. Um, Deadly Premonitions... Just one, though. There's only one premonition. I gotta keep correcting myself, because for some reason I want to say there's more than one Deadly Premonition. Deadly Premonition had a great first four hours, and then I got to a section of the game that was a lumber mill... I'm sure anyone who's played it might remember this section because I, I'm sure it will stick out because it's the first chunk of this game that felt like a genuine slog, and uh, it it harkens to like one of the reasons why why playing games as an adult feels so different from a kid because you're aware of how much time you're spending on stuff. This lumber mill level lasted for four and a half hours of uh, really copy pasted corridors of. Oof. Of, of very easy enemies padding up these levels and and very very bad QTE sections where the prompts are so lightning fast that I wasn't able to keep up especially because my brain was translating them as, as Xbox controller prompts but on the Nintendo controller they're reversed I don't know what to say to that I can't just say like don't put QTEs in because QTEs can be good sometimes in some games I and I'm sure that I actually would not have as bad a time with these QTEs if I was using an Xbox controller instead. It's just that that is where my brain is wired to. You ever play uh, a Switch game and they ask you to press the X button, but you keep pressing Y? <laughs> uh, yes? I, I got A and B down, Pat, but if I see X or Y or ZR or ZY, I have to do a little bit of translating in my brain. Oh, the, oh! I see. They didn't change the actual buttons for the Switch. If they did change the QTE buttons to A or B or L or R, I'm sure I would be fine. But the other... It's not just switching... Well, you use A and B so much in the Switch's menus that I've gotten used to that now at this point. But X and Y I still have to think about for a couple frames. Y is always at the top. I, I, I know, and I, I, should, I should be used to it by now, but I'm an old man. <laughs> oh, I need to drink water. No, oh, wow. So, you know how on the Xbox controller, um, L and R are the big chunky triggers on the side, and RB and LB are the small little clicky ones? Mm-hmm. On, on the Switch, it's opposite. L and R are the small little clicky ones, and ZR and ZL are the big chunky ones. Right. So I also gotta gotta translate those as well, and I failed every single QTE in this game, <laughs> and and had to retry every single QTE section a good like three four times to get this, and and I I I want to want to claw up at the sky and be like why it's something so stupid, so silly, so small that ends up. Wasting so much of my time. 
And and also I was on like an airplane, so there were like like girls watching, and I didn't want to play an embarrassing Japanese video game about murdering gore zombies with with blood splattering everywhere. I wanted to make the most of my time, you know. Right. I mean, what, what does girls have to do with it, man? You know. Uh, because when girls are watching, you want to make sure you pull out your MLG Pro stats and beat your worldwide Twitch records. <laughs> girls don't play games. No, you know, it's it's human. It's only human. They respect that. They respect that. No, no, okay, so the thing is... <laughs> on my last plane ride back home, when I finally got home to Atlanta, there, there actually was a girl sitting next to me reading a paperback book. And and I was there in my like tsunami shirt with khaki oh. cargo shorts <laughs> and and glasses and hair that like I I did not give a shit about playing this really really cheesy Japanese violent zombie shooter video game and and the whole while in my head I was just like thinking oh I'm so glad I don't actually give that much of a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, so this is this old man playing games on his on his little Nintendo. Well, I actually had his a, a script Game Boy. going. No, it wouldn't be Nintendo; it'd be Game Boy. If yeah, if it was like a mom, they would say Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I have a script though ready. If someone actually asks me about the video games I'm playing at in a public location on a train or a plane or at the airport, guess what I'm gonna say. Research purposes. <laughs> Worse. I know how to stop that conversation right away and make it clear that I want to mind my own business. Please don't bother me. What? What I'm going to say is it's embarrassing and complicated. I'd rather not talk about it. Embarrassing? Why would it be embarrassing? Why lie about it being embarrassing? I run this really successful podcast. <laughs> that would be so much worse, I feel. Really successful podcast. And we just play games and we talk shit. It would be more embarrassing to say that instead of just just say it's embarrassing. This is just really great podcast. Slight <laughs> train wreck. Yeah. You raise your eyebrow and you're like, hey girl, you ever listen to a podcast? You gotta do the the into the spider verse. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. <laughs> Wait, all the girls would be like, "Okay, we're gonna we're just gonna listen to these these two idiots talk talk about women <laughs> for the next ten minutes." <laughs> I I thing is though, I feel like it's less that we're talking about women and more that we're talking about like our our insecurity. No, I I mean. No, I talk to... Well, the thing is, I I don't normally bring up video games, though, when I talk. With, like, when I go out. I don't know, unless it's a subject. I guess I'm just not thinking about video games when I'm talking to girls. <sighs> I'm, I'm a little jealous. I, I had an existential crisis when Dragon Con was happening yeah. uh, this recent... Yeah, I had, I had a bunch of uh, friends over. And one of them turned out to be someone I went to high school with. Uh, a mutual friend of a friend showed up who I hadn't seen in like 15 years and, and we hung out at the lunch tables in high school. Yeah. And uh, guess what he told me? <laughs> what? He said that when he found out I was a famous YouTuber, he said, oh yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't character, it's video games. Oh. 
man. So now I don't know what to think of my whole adult life. Because <laughs> apparently people I went to high school with saw this coming. Uh, it, it's in character with someone I was when I was 16. And I don't want to be who I was when I was 16. 16 year old me was a weird, awkward kid. Maybe you're still that weird, awkward kid, George. No! <laughs> there is a significant other for everyone, George. I know some people are going to be like, I don't believe that bullshit. <laughs> okay, keep it up, man. Okay, keep it you up. Got, you, you, you got some other thing to talk about, Matt? Other than, than my my identity crisis, my my third life. life crisis, I don't know if I'm at a midlife crisis yet. But yeah, I I can't go to the movies alone, George. I have to bring someone with me. Really? <laughs> okay, okay, I've Matt. Serious once. question. You remember when I did it once? I, I I don't know. Didn't like it. Started laughing at the uh. scary movie. Turn off to the left, right. And I'm like, you know, need at least one person there. <laughs> Uh, to laugh at, at the, the serious scenes. <laughs> the serious, yes, the serious scenes. When the skeleton drops from the sky and they start wrestling with it. Oh, my God. That was so stupid. I forget. It was it the nun. It was the nun. Jesus. I need to play. I need to find another good game, but. <laughs> well, well we, we don't have Liam here. We We can't, like, rely on him to pick up the slack here. And we got. We got about like ten minutes before before the middle podcast break. Really? Yeah. So uh, let's let's uh, let's let's ask let's ask some some interesting questions to ourselves, right? Okay. Uh, uh, to to pick up on the past note, I'm I'm wondering like how how different do you think you are compared to who you were in high school? Drastically. I do think I've... that I'm still me, but I think I've changed quite a bit. Like I'm still like jokey and I I I thought I was until until Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure like you're still George, but I mean like the way you think of things, the the way you react to certain situations. I think that all changes. I would yeah, hope you have uh, more of a, a frame of reference as an adult. Yeah, like you actually know Experience. what you're joking about better. Yeah, well seasoned. I like to call well you've you've season. you've probably uh, experienced consequences a few times and 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 know better how how to behave and and also when when it's okay to not behave and yeah I mean yeah of course I uh I I think one of one of the biggest changes that I'm pretty sure comparing myself to my high school self is is how well I'm able to do small talk now and also fashion sense. Those were like two things that I did not learn until years afterwards that to probably totally changed my personality. Like uh, a lot of uh, uh, social skills that we often take for granted is stuff like you got to learn through experience. Yeah. Um, when I was doing the bike trip and, and depending on, on other people for camping and stuff, I, I gradually built up a, a little library of, of cool short stories I could tell people and realized that that would become a great way to start a conversation with anyone. And uh, from there on out, socializing with people got so much easier than it was in high school when I didn't really have cool stories 
or know how to turn a conversation into cool stories. Yeah. I guess I want to, to relax. No, oh, I forgot how to relax, though. I used to be able to sit back and play video games for a whole night, and now I, like, have to take a break to clean the bathroom or something else boring. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't like the, the, first, the first date experience, George, where, like, no one knows each other, and you're just... You're just like shooting in the dark. I actually like that better because that's before they find out about my like really shitty sleep schedule and personal life and like working at home hell. I feel like I've seen you before. Oh, yeah, I'm real big on uh, SoundCloud. (laughs) I rap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll throw down the beat real quick on the table. Uh, I'll I'll show you. Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, did, did you happen to see my, my latest YouTube video? I've With, watched uh, the, 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 the lyrics one, but I feel like I, another one came out. The, 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 the Odyssey where there's poetry. Did you yes. see that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the G- rhyming. Guess, guess what my mom called it. What? She was like, oh, George, I didn't know you could do rap music. Wow. <laughs> did she talk like that? All country and old? No, I, I don't. I, I'm just. I, I, I know rap music. Oh, mom, I know what rap music is. I, no, I'm just doing like a shorthand for for like sweet old mom voice. You know, <laughs> the the care. I'm making a character for the sake of uh, characterization. Oh, oh, does your mom more have like a smoker smoker tone? So. I, let's let's not get into it. <laughs> is it is it smoother <laughs> just to do the old lady voice? <laughs> Rap music. <laughs> Let's not get into it. Oh, um, that's good. All Matt, you uh, how, how about Death Stranding? You paid attention to Death Stranding? No, I just want to play it. It's uh, it's with without major gameplay spoilers. It's gonna be an actual, honest to god, walking simulator. That that's the mechanics. Is uh, finding out how to like distribute the weight of your backpack and and use energy and and yeah when and where to stop for bathroom breaks and I was uh, thinking about that a lot when I was hiking in Greece and how much of a game you really could turn that stuff into. I figured you're a male boy, <sighs> a, a, a metal boy, a male boy, Ma- male. Oh yeah, you're just yeah doing delivery. deliveries, delivery for. See, for a second I thought you meant male as in like M A L E. Mailman. He's gonna be the mailman. There's there's so much wholesome real life adventuring you could do that you could turn into a video game that so many video games have yet to to even touch on. And I, I don't know. I say touch, and there are video games that like touch them. Like I, I feel like when I was doing my bicycle tour across the United States, that was partially inspired by the walking and inventory management you do in Fallout New Vegas. Having to stop into a local small town general store, which is nowadays usually attached to the gas station, and and stock up on water and food, and then prepare a route because you're not going to have internet with, with you scribbling down notes and jotting down what direction to turn at landmarks. That feels so good. It feels cool in real life, and it feels cool to do in video games that do do it well. Hmm. Hmm. 
And and since since Fallout New Vegas and and Skyrim and whatnot, there's been this this decade of games with crafting mechanics, but I they they feel tacked on. I've always been wanting a game that embraces that kind of of management and struggle as the main mechanics. Well, hopefully he nails it. Hopefully. I uh, just put in the stranding and then this is like a bunch of like filler articles. The difficulty setting. It's, my god, this is why I don't read gaming news anymore. Yeah, apparently it's a it's just... big deal. Ever since Dark Souls, it's a big deal whether or not your game has an easy mode. Before Dark Souls, no one really it was assumed that that you would pick easy, medium, or hard and and enjoy yourself without without destroying Western civilization. <laughs> yeah. I guess this Death Stranding is just so popular that you gotta have it does it have a difficulty setting? Yeah, I think he's he's mentioned there's gonna be an easy mode if uh if you're into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which which I might I mean I go back and forth. I I wish I could set the QTEs and death stranding to easy while keeping the rest of the game regular. And I, I appreciate it when games do that. You know, we talked a lot of shit about Gears Five a couple weeks ago, but that game has a really good options screen and ooh, remember how it walks you through the brightness settings in the beginning? Games don't do that? I feel like games do that. Not nowadays you see more games do that, but but having to like manually adjust gamma versus brightness versus contrast with a picture example for every I, single setting you and know an explanation what I think it is? was George was I think you play games from 10 years ago. That's oh. that's probably why. I think yeah. I think you like playing like Super Mario World age games over there and you're forgetting Super- that. You know. Oh my god. Super Mario World that's actually like 91 2001 2010 2021 that's gonna be 30 years old in a couple years wow wow i am getting i'm getting up there in years (sighs) i'm getting up there in years george yeah i have to retire we got to figure out what to do with the rest of our lives (laughs) i don't want to wait for my lives to be over (laughs) Jim had the richest father in town, and Tip, well, Tip was captain of the basketball team. All state the year before, they saw something funny in the way their friend Paul was acting as soon as he joined them. According to Paul, it's no fun drinking alone. He wants company. The other boys have never tasted liquor before, so they have to be dared into it. That first drink isn't very enjoyable, I can tell you. It burns your insides and it makes your eyes water. Tip refused the drink. He said he was in training and basketball meant too much to him. But that isn't good enough for his friends. He has to be a sport. You'd be surprised at how little it takes to get you tight that first time. That's true with adults, but at high school age, even though your mind seems mature, your body isn't, and alcohol is a violent narcotic. Ever wonder what alcohol does to the human body, aside from making the owner of it act like this? Anthropologists say that what distinguishes man from the lower animals is his power of reason, a power found in the portion of the brain called the frontal lobes. Well, when a drop of alcohol gets in the blood, that's right where it heads for, the frontal lobes. Almost as if its aim in life was to transform man back into an animal, to take away the reasoning powers and self-controls, 
or to use a highbrow word, inhibitions that make that human society possible. Hello, and welcome back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some, some, some news. I got, I got a fun one this week. Ooh. Uh, I, had, I originally had two news stories on here, but I sliced off one of them because the, the second one was a little more dependent for Liam. I wanted to talk about contracts and how uh, Focus Home Interactive, you know, our favorite publisher of some actually pretty all right middle tier double A games are taking, taking games off of the stores after their contracts with this publisher run out. Sherlock Holmes Crime and Punishment is a pretty darn good adventure game that's got like a Metacritic in the uh, upper eights, lower nines, and that is in danger of being removed from the library. <gasps> but no, let's forget about that and instead talk about some uh, some Kojima dunk. We're going to dunk on Kojima again because it's the Dad and Sons podcast. It's oh. either this or dunking on David Cage. Somehow, some way, we just can't seem to avoid it every week, which is funny because the news stories are always about how uh, how, how these guys get... get too much of a, of a press coverage, which might contribute to too much of an ego. So, okay, Matt, are you ready? I, I is. This, this, will, this is something that will come off as classic Kojima, which is something that is easy to laugh about, but then becomes more complicated the more you think about it. Uh, I don't know if you've been following his Twitter lately, but Death Stranding just went gold. They have finished development on it. They are ready to uh, ship it out and sell it in a couple months. Development is done, and so Kojima has been tweeting a lot about how, uh, how how happy he is that the project is wrapping up and they're moving on to the next thing. Two choice tweets from the past week include um, <clears throat> language such as the following. On 2015, December 16th, I became independent. No office, just a tiny room, no staff, no machines, nothing. All I had was this Kojima Productions logo, a notepad and pen, and my own PC. I started to work on the concept while recruiting staffs, finding office, and game engine. I had a dream and connection, and that's all. Wow. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, it seems yeah, all right. Mate. Yeah. What, 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 that seems all right? That seems normal to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just saying that, you know, he did it. He did his thing. I, I mean, did I do the thing. You but, know my opinion it, on this guy. This guy, this guy's a weirdo. This, this guy's. He def- he's definitely full of himself, but like here, it doesn't really, it doesn't really wow. seem that way too much. Had a dream and connection. That's all. Thumbs up emoji doesn't strike you as as little fishy. Had a dream. Well, oh, okay. Wait, what do you mean? Like he didn't? I mean, obviously he had a following. Yeah, yeah. He he he's ho- his he's he's Hideo Kojima. He has a following, all right. Yeah pretty big one i think a lot of people are also forgetting that between um starting at uh his his in-house studio which is funded by sony which means it's not actually independent oh i see um, what you're talking about <laughs> i before, see what you're talking about yeah he's um he's trying to i didn't really get that from the message he's trying to like say like oh i'm like an indie developer i'm just like them Type of yeah, thing. On no. 2015, December 16th, I became independent. Yeah, but he, um, he doesn't there, say like he didn't like because he didn't say the words. I didn't automatically go to that. Yeah, had a dream and connection. That's all. I think that's like factually incorrect. He's Hideo Kojima. His name 
has value. You know, it's like Trump. He can license it out. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And also, I think people are forgetting that between having a, a, a first party Sony funded studio with a lot of creative license and um, after getting the boot from Konami, this guy was writing editorials and reviews for Rolling Stone. Let's not forget that. It's easy to forget that because they weren't like really great and the English was also a little weird. But yeah, like Kojima's going to be fine no matter what happens to him. Right. This guy can get sacked from from I don't know, unless he like kills someone in Fifth Avenue in broad daylight. Um, he's 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 going to be all right, no matter how bad he gets canceled. And and something about these tweets, though, always seemed like a little weird. Like Kojima does have a reputation for for being an, an egomaniac. I, I think uh, last week Liam was talking about the Tokyo Game Show and how there's like an entourage that follows him around at conventions. Wow. But, you know, you've uh, you've you've experienced the the, the the Japanese humility and politeness that seems awfully out of character for this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like they, they, they're, they're, they're typically real big, especially in Japanese corporate culture about everyone, um, um, playing their part and not sticking out and being one part of a grand mm. whole and how Japanese culture in general does not really, uh, celebrate auteurs and individual artists like we do. Like Liam has talked about how his room's full of kids. Sometimes they don't know who Shigeru Miyamoto is. They, they sure know what Nintendo is, but they oftentimes don't. Uh, uh, worship the the individual artists behind behind it like we do, which which might harken back to this this three thousand year old conflict between social harmony and individual liberty that that I'm I'm sure some some people think cuts the differences between Asian and Western cultures. But anyways, um, yeah, Kotaku's Brian Ashcraft, who lives in Japan, did some translating of the original Japanese tweets versus the English ones, and found a very different change in tone between the two. Whoever is writing Kojima's English tweets these days <laughs> makes him sound like like more of an egomaniac than than he probably is. Is the the system? Um, it's not Google translated. Whatever he's doing is not that. Mm. But maybe he's doing the translation himself. He's never been particularly great at English. Never confident enough to like go on video fully talking in English. He can do it behind the scenes, but um, he, he doesn't usually want to be on camera speaking English. So maybe he's doing the translation himself and doesn't know how it sounds. Maybe an assistant is doing it and doesn't know how it sounds. Maybe he is Google translating it and just doing a bit of correcting. Uh, in any case, Brian Ashcraft noticed that in the original Japanese version of this tweet on his Japanese Twitter account, it's it reads more like he's saying... There was no staff, no office, no equipment, nothing. Instead of saying, I became independent, no office, just a tiny room, no staff, no machines, nothing. Apparently the original Japanese doesn't even mention a tiny room. Uh, I had, I only had a Kojima Productions logo, a notepad, a pen, and my own computer. While coming up with the project plan, I recruited staff and looked for an office and a game engine. And then Kojima explicitly, particularly says... But I wasn't at zero because the only things I did have were a dream and connections, which uh, which sounds a lot, a lot <laughs> different. Better. Yeah. Yeah. And in tone than whoever's writing the English. Uh, so also in Japanese, they have a verb, 
Donkuritsu suru means to go independent, to strike out on one's own, but it doesn't have the same nuance in English that the phrase going indie would here. Like, like when you think of that, you think of like a punk rocker uh, uh, disrupting the system, um, smashing their guitars, breaking the stage at, right. at their venue, right? Right, right. Uh, Old it's, in, it's less... you know, the, the new age indie bands that I've been listening to lately. Yeah. No, not They're, listening. Sorry, I, I went to a Cage the Elephant uh, concert and they had uh, th- this, oh, this, nice. this like nice. uh, the yeah Borderlands <laughs> menu music. It was it was good, and I'm not into concerts. I just got invited, and it was pretty pretty solid. It was weird. He kept he kept putting on uh, hats and taking off his clothes and wearing masks, <laughs> but it, it was dope like the guy got deep he was definitely high on something you can't you can't cage him fans kept coming up on stage and singing with him and they just let him and the security guard was getting irritated <laughs> it was it was a good time it was a good time i wish i could get some really decent pictures to show but yeah there was like a really intimate moment with a fan guy came up on stage lead singer hugs him they sang together and they just like hugged for a minute and everyone, oh. it was just like, whoa, it was deep. It was deep. It was deep. But so yeah, it, uh... <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Kojima. <laughs> and, and anyways, um, Kojima. Yeah, it's the, the whatever verb he was using is supposed to conjure up an image of of solitude more so than rebellion. When when Kojima is talking about going independent, uh, there's another tweet. That in the English speaking world caused caused a little bit of, 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 of anger and criticism where he says a Hideo Kojima game in all capital letters, which is why I'm I'm like accelerating my voice. A Hideo Kojima game means the declaration of me doing concept, produce, original story, script, setting, game design, casting, dealing, directing, difficulty adjustments, promoting, visual design, editing, supervising the merch. But according to Brian Ashcraft, the uh statement reads more like a Hideo Kojima game means he's involved in those things rather than him declaring those things. The The word in question that got translated weird is, is kakararu. 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 Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you get, you get what I'm talking about. Where, where it's more like he's supervising these things rather than creating these things. Yeah. But in English, it doesn't come off that way <laughs> at all. So, uh, so yeah, this, 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 this is, is, is funny and cute and interesting because it also digs at how, how, hard, how much harder it is to do a PR when you're expected to be a super famous personality on Twitter typing controversial hot takes all the time. Yeah. He has a good taste in everything else, though. I mean, that's the reason why I follow him, anyway. I miss the days when he basically just tweeted pictures of food. <laughs> and, like, bands and stuff. And he likes Mute Math, which is, uh, which is dope in my book. I, I remember when they had the tsunami and, and the nuclear power plant meltdowns. Yeah. And, and thousands of people were dying. And everyone was wondering if if kojima was okay and instead of (laughs) i'm sure this is another translation issue instead of of tweeting anything more fancy than the following kojima simply tweeted i am okay (laughs) 
Oh, the good old dry humor. I, it's hard to tell if that was humor or, or I'm sure it was more like he was just in the middle of a rush and didn't care how well his his English would come off on the internet, but that's that can have consequences these days. Like the the translation of these tweets is probably alienating a good chunk of the English fan base that he would not want to otherwise, because I'm sure he does not intend mm. for them to come off as as egotistical as the as they do, which is especially worse because he's already known, you know, for being being a uh, a Hideo Kojima guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember MGS5? Oh, and God. how um, every single mission began with its own credits roll? Yes. Oh, my It was my always gosh. beginning with, like, mission design, planning, direction, Hideo Kojima. It's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I. It's funny because I think the attempt actually is to give credit to other people on the team. It's just really hard for him not to do it in a format that puts his name in front of everyone else's name oh my god remember in in metal gear solid one when you first arrive in shadow moses and you actually play through an opening credits role that has everyone's name on it and including kojima of of course but uh uh trying trying to distribute the credits while also trying to market the games as his own products of auteurships is uh hard juggling act to do uh, by the way the band i'm talking about is aj ajr the one who sings weak i'm weak and i'm fine with that uh, it was like a popular song that came out recently that's that's the indie band I'm, i was thinking about when uh that talk about like just you know things that you think about when you're like 14 you know they're probably like I'm 14 and this band is deep yeah yeah you know which, which, you know, it's like the new version of that because we we definitely had plenty of those bands growing up, <laughs> plenty. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. 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 Uh, mm. we, mm. we we're, we're gonna move on to questions. I'm I'm gonna levitate us over to to our our email web zone, the web zone, which which you can find at Dad and Sons Podcast at, at gmail.com. <laughs> the web zone. I like it. We should have some music for it. Are you are you familiar with with the vaporwave movement from like 2014 to 2016? Yes, of course. With some Simpsons. No, you're talking about Simpsons Wave, which is its own particular uh, spinoff subgenre from from synthwave. Oh, really? And in either case, the the idea is to uh, try to wistfully depict the nostalgia as seen through the disaffected lens of youth who are living in the shadows of uh, of, of s- supposedly grander, easier generations. And and boy, oh boy, did I get those vibes in the museums in Greece. Like it is is like walking through vaporwave cover arts. <laughs> just blank rooms, no texture on the floors or ceiling, and just like a a pure marble white statue of a of a very, very buff naked man holding his arms to his chin, and you just hear the vaporwave in the back of your head. Damn. Um, I'm gonna have to listen to this again. You're probably gonna get me addicted. Again, I'm gonna listen to some Sunday school. I remember when Pokemon Go came out, I went went over to uh, the park to uh, catch some Jigglypuff. Yeah. He showed up. 
and there were some kids hanging around on on hoverboards and in e-scooters listening to vaporwave while while vaping and i was just like oh god the future is now and i'm an old man oh it's gonna get worse it's going to get worse <sighs> before it gets better yeah i i i caught myself doing an old man moment yesterday um because this whole week i've been going around shooting uh doctors um for this magazine you've been shooting doctors yes 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 oh no a, a black shooter oh my god what no um it's a photo shoot they, they didn't want to go to the to the actual place that we had all the lights set up so we had to go baby them um and go to their offices so um i was doing that and this um i was with this, this older older white lady and she was complaining about millennials all like all the time uh, joke jokingly of course yeah we were having a good time and of course i'm a millennial but yeah i caught myself doing the same damn thing because i'm used to this cvs in upland where i used to live to get my prescription and when i came down here to orange these fools like acted like they didn't know how to do anything i was like no i do this every single week like every single month like this is how it goes and they're like, well, like, no, this is the price of the. I was like, no, it's not. No, it's like, here, put this in. I do this every single time. And it's like the worst experience. Wait, wait, what was, what was the actual And they problem? had an attitude. And I was like, and they switched it. And I was like, see? And I'm not an ass. I'm not an ass. I'm like, oh, thank you. I always say thank you. I, I, I'm, I swear. Maybe my face is pretty stone. Wait, wait, no, what? Stone cold, but like. I'm super nice. Wait, 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 wait. What were they actually doing? What was what was the it's problem? A, it's, you use good RX, right, to lower your because you, if you don't have insurance, you use good RX. Like you, if you if you don't have that, guys, you should use good RX because it'll save you a lot of money, hundreds of dollars. So it goes down by like over a hundred dollars my medication. So I have to. Um, so she's like, "Oh, is this is like three hundred something." I was like, "No, no, no, no. I I pay like a hundred dollars for this." And they're like, well, I already ran the insurance. It says it's already ran insurance. But yeah, this happens every time. I have to keep doing this every time I come in here. So just put this in. Like the other people know how this works. But these these like fucking millennials, like the young people just think they know everything. They fucking and and they don't. And they don't. I was like, dude, I do this all the time. I don't I don't want to keep repeating myself, but I do this all the time, dude. Put this member in in this member number in and it will reset to the right price it's the wrong price and then when i go out to pick up the stuff like the manager came out and started like oh um yeah i switched your stuff because i had to transfer it's like oh um yeah so like this is the price you've always been paying i was like i don't understand what what are we talking about here like because he kept repeating i was like and i was confused i thought i was like picking up my stuff i thought it was ready and he kept asking about like the price thing, and I was like, I don't understand. I'm, what are you doing? And then he was like, Oh, I heard that you had a problem with the price. And I was like, He fixed it already. <laughs> like, what what are you doing right now? Like, you're trying to you're trying to get me to have a reaction. You do not want me to have a reaction. I will give you what you want. <laughs> and I was I I didn't say that, but I was like, Dude, he fixed it already. I saved like over a hundred dollars. And he was like, oh, oh, okay, I see it here. Because he was like, oh, it's 105 Like, that's what you've always been paying. I was like, no, it wasn't 105 He was trying to get me to pay, like, $300. Whatever. Whatever. I'm done. I'm done being – I had an old man moment. Okay? 
It's fucking annoying. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if I was a pushover and I'll pay an extra hundred something dollars? Fight for your shit, guys. Because these dudes out here are <laughs> lazy. Lazy. I, 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 it's like, man, I, should I go back inland? Because these young people in, in the city are just like lazy as hell. Going in there for a um, paycheck? No, do your job. I, M- M- Matt. Yes. Do you want to send in an email to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com? Sure. I'm just having flashbacks to when we were shooting the George Sox commercial. (laughs) It's like in the middle to to, to get your raw, honest, unimprovised, unacted reaction. I was just like, Matt, what do you think of George Sox? I I, I, I like it. I like them. Uh, Our first email question is from uh, Peen1103. Who uh, has a question about, for you about vegetarian and vegan foods? Ooh, um, okay. Why do you think Western cooking is so dead set on mimicking other non-vegetarian foods like the Impossible Burgers? I'm Korean, and as much as I love meat and Korean barbecue, if I were forced into 100% vegetarian diet, I wouldn't have much problem because Korean offers so many varieties in vegetarian that can completely stand on their own. This applies to dishes of other ethnicities that highlights what makes vegetables taste good, rather than completely butchering them into something they are not. What are your thoughts? I'm also curious about George's point of view as a former chef and Liam as his uh, cultural knowledge of Japan. Well, (laughs) tough luck on that one. (laughs) Liam's cultural knowledge of Japan is uh, steeped deep in the drinking culture right now. It's so weird. I guess it's like... um... I guess first my opinion is you shouldn't ha- you shouldn't try to like if you're going vegan why have like impossible burgers and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you can have them, but like if if that's like the whole point like oh, I have to have my burgers, you know, so I'm just going to have impossible burgers. Like it's it's still processed stuff. Like if you if you're going vegan, it depends on what you're going vegan for. If you're just going to save the animals then, you know, impossible burger will fill that gap of having burgers. But if you're going for health reasons then like you got to learn how to actual actually cook and vegan food. Most of the restaurants that you would find that are not doing this, like, like you will find impossible burgers and stuff at yard house and stuff like that, that uh, the restaurants that don't do vegan food, but they have these as an option for vegans when they're going out with their friends. Um, that you want to go to actual vegan places where they actually know how to cook and it will give you a um, a, a really good experience because ve- vegan food is delicious. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got I got I got something I wanted to say about that, but um, I'm gonna wait till next week when Liam's here. Um, when when you were in Japan, you were prepared to have a hard time doing vegan food because yes. that's the stereotype. The stereotype is that you're gonna have some sort of fish and everything. But as I recall, it was easier than you were expecting. Super easy. There was vegan places all over the place. Uh, there was one like in a train station. Just so happened after we went to Disney, and it was good. It was it was good. Like the vegan food was there. It's good. This it they uh, it it still because we had I think we had ramen with fish in it, and then we had it vegan style, and it 
some of it tastes the same. Some of it tastes the same. And we went to an all-vegan ramen place. Like, it said it, and it actually looked like something from, from like, uh, America, you know? Because you, you see a bunch of tourists in there, because obviously it's, it's, the tourists are the ones that are eating vegan. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's dope. And and that's like another example of, you know, seasoning. It's all about the seasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Seasoning and, uh, tomatoes, I think are, are what I'm going to be going on a big rant about. (laughs) Because like, you know, it's easy to make, you know, regular easy food that you see out here. It's like, oh, put a bunch of cheese in it. It's a pizza. Like, but you can have trash pizza. You know, it's just there. So you don't want trash pizza, you know? And to get the good stuff, you have to pay more. So it's not necessarily more expensive to eat vegan food. Vegan food has to be good or people will crap on it. Yeah. It's also generally cheaper because meat is expensive, actually. Meat is expensive. Unless you get, like, the fatty stuff. Unless you want the fatty stuff. Yeah. Um, when, when it comes to like your bases though, uh, we previously talked about the concept of umami, which is, uh, supposedly the fifth tastes that, that Westerners discovered with Japanese cooking. Um, and it's really kind of sort of the same sensation you get from tomatoes. It's supposed to be the, the, the sensation you get from biting into a raw piece of salmon that's, that's prepared in sushi, a kind of meaty, melty, uh, uh, enveloping oh it's hard to describe tastes somewhere between meat and seawater but if you cook a lot with tomatoes you you can find a lot of the same sensations i think the science has been done and it activates similar profiles on your tongues that the tomatoes do and one cuisine i do want to recommend if you're into vegan stuff is indian food indian food knows how to go without meat really really well and it actually really does like like grind my my gears my my hypersensitive uh, uh liberal soy boy sjw sensibilities when i hear these people go on rants about how they just can't even if they were like forced to in a post-apocalyptic global warming apocalypse society like even if they weren't able to eat meat they just wouldn't be able to do it because it's not that hard yeah really strikes me as is a particularly lazy kind of close-mindedness i mean of all of all the prejudices that you can get over that seems like one of the easiest like you don't have to travel the world and meet people from different backgrounds and and learn some advanced topics of of professional level knowledge to to get over your fear of vegetarians and vegans you just sit in a chair and eat food how hard is it? And vegan cooking can be really good if you know what you're doing with it. And so many cultures and places and most of human history, because meat has always been a luxury that people are not built to and not supposed to eat frequently throughout their entire lives. Um, it's not it's something that that I feel would be a hell of a lot easier of a switch than I see some people who, who are just apparently not able to handle it. Like I. uh I have a couple of vegan relatives who talk about how apparently I'm the only person who doesn't criticize them a lot for it. And I don't know, maybe that's because I worked in a, in a cooking school for so many years and learned so many good vegetarian and vegan recipes. But at the same time, I think if you, if you go back in history, a couple hundred years when like 
when eating meat was something people were only able to do like once every two or three months. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think it would be that shocking to find out that that really everyone's been eating bread and salad and, and tomatoes and and uh, either the classic Italian cuisine before spaghetti and meatballs was antipasta, right? That's what the Romans were eating back in history. It's not it's not that far fetched of a concept. It's not that hard to do. It, it's it really isn't. As a guy who's done it for five years, it really isn't. It it's just shocking at first if you're just not a person who's cooked before, you know, and you're used to just spending your money buying. And and you do need protein. That is true, but protein is easily and cheaply gotten through nuts and yeah. greens and roots. But not to say go vegan just you know just saying that it's 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 not as hard as people say um uh, i would recommend if anyone wants to taste really good vegan food um one place i would recommend for you to try if you've only tried trash because there is a lot of trash vegan food smorgasburg in california if you ever are in california and you live in california in la they have smorgasburg get go there and try some vegan food there's a girl there that does Cuban food. Oh my god, so good! Donuts, Ooh, everything. Yeah, yeah, yuca fries. Mm, this is another thing. Like, there's nothing stopping you from eating fatty, greasy junk food as a vegan too. Like breadcrumbs, olive oil, vegetable oil. Get ch- chop up some some cauliflower or eggplant or something, and and batter them and deep fry them like you would anything else. And you got your 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 crunchy oily sensations that you would get from a piece of like fried chicken nuggets or something mm. yum uh, indian go. food is heavy on the 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 lentils um coconut milk to fill in the gaps yeah there's 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 a lot of substitutes that i guess people are kind of not willing to entertain the concept of a good vegan meal that still hits all the nutritional food groups you need when that's how people have been living for most of human history. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Hopefully that answers uh, your question. Uh, next question is from Justin F. Dad and sons, you previously talked about the things as kids you wanted to do when you grew up. But for me, the things we pursue in life are so much more about some inciting experience that we try not to let go. Or it's some oddball amalgamation of things we pick up over the years that we can apply to our life or what have you. So I ask you, dads, sons, what was the thing that pushed you into the job slash career you have today and how it developed? Man, these are some good questions this week. What was going on? Thanks, guys. Some really good questions this week. Some like thoughtful stuff. It's 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 not about uh you know Metal Gear Solid. We're gonna have a Metal Gear Solid one come in. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. It was all like so positive and wholesome, and then and then you just gotta take a big fat dump on me because apparently that's what you're into. <laughs> I am. I am. Ah. <laughs> the mental image. I'd ra- ah. Oh, so how did you get into journalism? Uh, no one would hire me for... Ju- well, I always wanted to be a writer when I was growing up. <laughs> and then I, I wanted to write about video games because I really liked video games growing up. And then I decided I should probably leverage that into writing journalism about video games, at least when I'm young. And then, uh, 
Uh, I, I got a journalism degree, but as I as I quickly found out, either no one's going to hire you or the freelance rates that you might be able to sweet talk your way into are extremely cheap. I recently just retweeted a big thread from someone who was exposing like the under $100 pay rate sometimes you get for 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 pushing out 500 to 1000 word articles for a lot of um oh no news sites and yeah yeah like even the local newspaper did not pay well for for a freelance rate and i was always still working within that system trying to compete within it to get a staff writing position which is what you want you want some kind of full-time staff writing position rather than a freelancer and uh, that that never really happened. And it wasn't those aren't positions that these papers are willing to give up easily because the budget for for newspapers typically is always going way down. And online news publications can always get get. It's like uh, like video game testing, getting your foot in the door through video game testing. There's always going to be ambitious young writers who want to change the world through journalism before they get sucked down the cynical hole of writing clickbait grabs because the rates are cheap and i guess i was really lucky that i was able to start a youtube channel in 2012 when the competition was less intense than it was now and then i got a shout out from total biscuit and that was actually the big break yeah was, uh, was the total biscuit the biscuit plug. yeah well um i got into video editing from youtube so first I went to school for game design because, I, I mean, I was just in love with games. Um, when I was young, I, I didn't know. I just wanted to do something I loved to do. I didn't want to do spend my life, like, n- not liking my job, right? So right. when I was yeah, young, no. that's when I was that's, – that's the mindset I no had. One. No one wants um, to do that. So I went to school for that. I ended up doing um, ended up doing some stuff for for Guild Wars, right? Just like doing videos. I can't remember why. I just remember I wanted to make something. Um, it's a rewarding feeling. It yeah. makes you feel important. Yeah. And I, I I grew up drawing, so I was already like into creating things. And because oh, my, my stepbrother knew how to throw down it's sad that he didn't like go more into it um because he was amazing he like amazing i wish he stuck with it um but yeah and um once i did it for youtube i began to really love video editing and i got more and more into it over over the years and that's why i had this job now it's just because i i just I'd rather do that in my life. Like, it could be boring editing, and I, I would rather do that. It's, it's for me, it just keeps, um, and then, I don't know, like, uh, and then I, I get to work on, like, short films and stuff every once in a while with this job anyway. And, yeah, yeah, I, I, like I wonder if that's what I'm going to be, going to be doing after the YouTube ship eventually sinks. I'd, I'm having fantasies about being part of a documentary crew about making music videos like like you can see it in videos these days that i'm making I, I want to get more artistic with video editing than the typical review format can really really let you but i don't know matt you've made some video game reviews that look beautiful like like the it's witness been... yeah yeah that's that's when i really you could see my <laughs> 
I really wanted to separate myself uh, from doing game reviews. Like at that, that was the point where I was like, okay, I want to do stuff like this. I might as well just make it like that with games. So I started um, when I would play the game, I would like get like beautiful shots or try to get beautiful shots depending on the game. And it's so fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, there used to be a word for it. Speaking of being old men, how long has it been since you've heard the word machinima? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. My God. That's right. 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 You remember when that was a thing and then. You know, um, getting hooked up with a channel was a thing too. Um, a channel, a channel manager. What do you call those places? Uh, MCN, MCN, multi-channel yeah. network. Yeah, it's, it's like, uh, oh yeah, you get a, a sixty forty percent split, and all this type of craziness. Oh my Rooster god! Rooster Teeth got their their start doing machinima mm-hmm. with their Red versus Blue series. And this uh, most past recent week, when I was installing a, a, a mod cheat for assassin's creed odyssey to unlock the camera and get get beautiful shots of just scenery flying by in a time lapse that's uh that that counts as machinima right we just no one uses that word anymore yeah and when you're making cinema with uh with video game mechanics it's it's machinima is is that why they call them machinima yeah, that was the idea. Like the idea was that early YouTube videos for games were mostly machinima back then, before it kind of turned into the let's play format, before it turned into the personality-based video coverage format, which I think really owes more to TV than early internet. Like when I think about what I'm doing, I I'm thinking about how I grew up watching X-Play as a kid. Yeah. And and making stuff in the vein of that style. And what scares me about the future is that kids are going to grow up making videos in the style of stuff they see on YouTube. Yeah, and it's slowly changing. Yes. Slowly changing. It used to be, like, all well-written video essays. No, it's still that now. But I I think it might change soon. Well, Let's Plays did a lot to change and democratize and informalize and uh create rocky waters for for youtube content in the future because because in the beginning it it was like no one set out to make their job youtube right yeah it was a side project for everyone because no one knew you could and well and also the monetization strategies were not actually available and uh the the bar for entry is so much lower than traditional video production jobs that it's opened the it's really opened the floodgates for 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 edgy controversial shock content that i'm i'm sure youtube themselves did not foresee it turning into when when kids realized they could grow up to make a job off this thing and not have as many editors telling them no is is in in the real world of jobs and and bosses it's amazing that so many people have gotten a career off of their YouTube channel. Like Mike Diva recently did that. Like you know Mike Diva? He does a lot of the mm-hmm. the crazy VFX. Like like he has yeah, like a certain music style and action shots. Yeah, a certain style. It's 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 good. Like he he's always been good. The the Japanese Trump commercial, I believe, was him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He likes the weird stuff. Now he's working with oh, Will oh Smith boy. and 
and little Nas X, and it, it's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about. Bless you, George. Oh my, oh my God! No, that wasn't me. That that wasn't you. That was was that Liam? I'm Liam. Achoo. That was Liam. Just started sneezing, but that point didn't make it in his audio. <laughs> Liam, Liam. Is, is, wait. Well, that's it for the podcast, guys. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>